0: Well, good morning. It's good to be here and part of your worship service. I know that God uh, has some special things in ministry, and I trust that you'll be open to the word this morning. I don't know. uh, God's been good to us and and precious and what you would like for us to do and share in our own lives. And I just wanted this morning as we begin, and uh, you'll notice uh, you have a choice of uh, getting on the boats today. And I'm not sure which boat you would want. Uh, but you can kind of look at it and think about it for a few moments. But I uh, feel like each of us, like the disciples, and if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew 14, and we're going to read there in a few moments. But uh, there was uh, these 12 men, and they had experience, and they had ideas and thoughts, but uh, they were in a boat. And this morning, I believe that every one of us as Christians in the body of Christ uh, Find ourselves either in a box or in a boat. And that's what I want to deal with a little bit this morning in the church. Through the years I've dealt with, and you just saw this little video clip, uh, and I want you to know over 40 years of ministry, I've seen each one of those. <laughs> They've all come to my office somewhere, someplace. And uh, so I just want you to know that that's part of this whole message, and I think Pete kind of picked that up a little bit on that. But I just believe that God wants to work in all the churches and all of our lives. And to make those changes, I believe that we look at this story, and I hope it won't be a little different than you've heard before as childhood, other factors. But uh, as we look at this, verse 22, I want you to put yourself in the boat. I want you to be there. I want you to recognize who's in the boat. Again, we know that uh, they talk about the fisherman boat and we talk about the areas of the disciples being in that boat. But the key behind it is that we understand the idea is that they stayed in the boat. And I find many times in the church and in my own personal lives, and I want you to know that someone has said through the years, uh, Pastor, you're preaching right at me, or "Or you must have looked through some secrets and found out why, you know, what I'm doing or what I'm sharing in, and you want to know, and that's why you preach this. I want you to know probably every sermon a pastor preaches, it hits him personally. It hits them in a way that that God speaks to them. And so I have to, as I looked and as I studied and prepared for this, I'm in the boat too. I've been in the boat. I know what it feels like to be in the boat. And today I just want us to take a few moments to review this story, maybe in a different perspective, but I want you to see it. And I'm not sure I'm going to get through the whole story, and maybe that'd be a reason to bring me back, and that's not promoting that, but maybe you can finish the rest of the story if we don't get through all of it, because uh, I know that... Pete only preaches for an hour, and this hour probably won't be long enough for me to cover all this sermon. (laughs) Go ahead and sit back down again. There's people leaving already. I know it's not true. But if you have your Bibles open to Matthew 14, I want to read beginning with verse 22. And again, if you would stand in the honor of God's Word, not this pastor, not this church building, but these are the Word of God. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat, And go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed them, he went up upon a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already considerably considerably distanced from the land, buffeted by the waves because the winds was against it. During the fourth hour and watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, He was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were on the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Bless this time, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, there might be a reason, and I want you to share this a little bit. I can understand the fact that if the disciples were in the cruise ship, why they stayed there. I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise ship, but uh, I have been vacations and different things, and we've had an opportunity to do that. And I want you to know that there's people saying, you know what, you have to get a good book. You have to go out to the pool. You have to get out in the sun and just read your book. I want you to know when I went on the cruise, I did have a book, but I sat inside next to the ice cream machine because it's all you can eat. It's everything you want going on and on. And who is going to waste your time out there getting burned up in the sun trying to read a book when you can read a book and have cookie crumbs all over the place and ice cream to the limits. So I understand being comfortable in the areas of the cruise ship, but the idea is that they were in the fishing boat. They were in a fishing boat. Nothing fancy, no modern conveniences, nothing there. And besides that, it says as a scripture that it was bouncing up and down. The waves are causing all kinds of dissension. And they were afraid of what happened and what was going on in their life. And so they're there and they're floating along. And the scripture tells us that as they're doing that, they're fearful. They're wondering and questioning themselves again. You know, why didn't Jesus come with us? If this happened, he could be with us. Because you see, this is the same group of people. If you look back in Matthew, they went through this process already. Only at this time, Jesus was on the boat. See, they experienced this already. This is not anything new. They experienced the fact that Jesus could do great things. You see, Jesus was the one that they had just left that fed 5,000 people. And that wasn't counting the children and the spouses. They saw such a great miracle take place. And they saw back in Matthew 8 where the scripture is clear that that they said, you're going to allow us to drown. And he said literally, again, back to the lack of faith, and it says, the disciples went out and woke him and said, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And it said, Jesus came out. And as he spoke, it said the shores. And they said very clearly, this has to be the son of God. This has to be the person that's in charge and knows that he is the son of God because he's able to calm this storm. And here they are once again, out in the boat. Now there's something about being comfortable. And I can understand that. I comprehend that. A few years ago, uh we, as some of the pastors and friends of the church, uh, went out and rented a place where we could go fishing out in Lake Erie. And it was a huge boat. I mean, it was nice and it was comfortable. And again, they had all the modern day things on that boat. I think everything on that boat to the fact that if you're catching walleye, it has a calling card that goes down in the lake and and calls the land because they could see where the fish are at. Everything was fabulous. The problem was that it was all foggy. We're eight miles out in Lake Erie. And all of a sudden, we hear these two men voices yelling out to us, is there anybody out here? And so the captain of our boat kind of moved a little bit closer to them. And here are two men with a little outdoor motor, almost eight miles out in Lake Erie, almost to the Canadian border. And they ask us with all this fog, could you point the way to land? the captain said, would you like to get on here and we're gonna go in, in a couple hours, you can go with us. Oh no, this is our boat, we're gonna stay with our boat, we're gonna, you know, deal with it. And they pushed away and again floated out into the areas of the fog. I, I just sat there thinking to myself, why would someone in that condition, foggy, not being able to see shore, nothing, because they were comfortable, it was their boat. Matter of fact, last night, I sat in my recliner watching a football game. Very comfortable. Thank you, Ohio State, for allowing me to go to bed early last night. <laughs> because by fourth quarter. But I sat there, and it wasn't that I saw and enjoy a football game. It was the fact that it was my chair. Comfortable. And I have found that through the years that in the church, personally, and also as a church, we get comfortable comfortable. And when real opportunities come our way as a church, something that's unusual, something that's totally different, we would rather stay in the condition or in the situation we're in than to break out by faith and do something new and to believe in Jesus Christ. And so you see this morning, we need to learn as a body of Christ that we need to get out of the boat. Now, I don't mean... You just got out of a boat. I mean, get out of the boat. The idea this morning is that we get so comfortable in our church, in our personal lives, and we've gone through hardships and and we're just kind of basically staying. And these disciples were fishermen. They wanted to stay in that boat. They knew that boat and they thought they could live in that boat, but they're afraid in that boat. They weren't concerned and they weren't doing anything that Jesus wanted them to do. And so this morning... Where are you in this story as we share this? Has something in your life, has there been a death? Has there been sickness? Financial problems? Circumstances in the community or your neighborhood? What is it? that causes us to get to a position of saying, I'm comfortable. It doesn't look like it. It's a small boat. I'm in a small area. I'm not reaching anyone. I'm not touching anyone. My life's not growing. I'm not doing what God wants me to do. But you know what? I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. You see, we have sometimes, and I've even done it, the judgmental of the disciples saying, man, they knew Jesus. They walked with Jesus why would they even treat him this way? Why would they just kind of... But you see, where I am sometimes in the story is that I find a comfortable place in life where it seems like nothing is affecting me or something's going away, I need to stay right here. I had a great aunt that uh, again, back in Pennsylvania. They didn't have a lot of transportation, but she would drive three hours... Or drive, walk three hours to be with my grandmother, and in 10 minutes turn around and say, I have to go home. My father drove all the way to Cindy and I in Roswell, New Mexico when I was a youth pastor, and they were going to stay a whole week. And after two days, he says, We got to get back home. I could never figure it out, but the reason was that somehow in our family, we felt Home was the safe place. Home was a comfortable place. And so if we can hide out there, we would be okay the rest of our life. And the disciples thought, you know, if we just stay in this boat, if we just stay comfortable, we'll be okay. The problem with it is they weren't achieving or stepping out by faith. And there's a problem there. And so this morning, I wonder if we go ahead about those in the boat. The scripture says, they looked out and they saw Jesus and they thought he was a ghost. Now tell me something. If you've been walking with him, eating with him, talking with him, wouldn't you even recognize? Have you ever had a phone call where you've recognized a voice before they even say who it is? Well, Jesus has been talking to them, preaching to them, sleeping, eating, doing all these things, and they look out and they didn't recognize him. The same guy that just fed 5,000 people and all the areas of looking in math, you go back, he talked to them about the Beatitudes, he talked about him about faith, he taught them how to pray. I mean, he did all this and now he's walking out to them and they didn't recognize him. Maybe it was in the fact that they were in their comfortable place, their boat, their comfort, and so they didn't recognize him because they didn't want to recognize him. But this morning, are we kind of like those of the disciples? Finally, in the calm of the areas of life, Jesus says to them, it is I, don't be concerned. And Peter, we know him He's the one cut off the ear He's the one's always not going to deny Jesus I mean, he had his faults But you know what? He was the first one to the edge Ready to walk out But have you had this? Have you been this or this story? Is it a fact that he was ready to go? What are the other eleven saying? Have you heard it before? Here's John Remember John's little story was He wanted to be on the left and right side He wanted to be in front So he's saying, you know what? If I could have been first, I would have went off the boat. We've heard that. If you just give me the opportunity, let me be the one that gets all the praise and all the glory. I'll go ahead and be first. There's Judas. In the back of his mind, I can hear him say, in fact, you know what? I've been trying to get rid of them anyway, including Jesus. So I'm not walking off of here. And then the others are chattering in. Oh, He's always wanting to be first. Oh, he's always wants to show things off. He always wants to be the boss. He always wants to do this. Or you know what? We've never, ever walked off a boat before. How can this happen? And so all these disciples, and I can tell you through the years, and probably you've had that, is that you've wanted to do something for God. You see, God is pretty clear. It says the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you know, there's different times that God has kind of mixed it up a little bit. In the Old Testament, there's a prophet that he asked to marry a prostitute. Totally goes against the grain. There are other times that a donkey talked to the prophet. I've had donkeys talk to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. two-legged, too late ones. They've tried to convince me that their way was the only way. And so we see that that all this is going on and Peter's standing there and again, he has to be shooken up and there's boats floating around. But here's these disciples. And you see, we've all been in that boat. We'll say, you know, if they do that, the church will go under. You know, if they do that or they change that or they do these things, I mean, we've gone through. This morning, can I say, praise the Lord for the music you have in your church. Thank the Lord. It's wonderful. You can't believe some of the places I'm going. (sighs) That's a whole new story. But thank you for the music and the praising of God in God's house. That's what it is. We just didn't do it that way. How we didn't do that, factors. But you know what? There are many through the years that changes have happened. And just like the boat people... (laughs) They're saying, we just never did it this way. We never had this. We didn't go through this way. And they're complaining and griping and, oh, we're going to go under. We're going to drown. And the boat's going to capsize and everything's going on. And here's Peter just standing at the edge. Have you been there? I've been there. But God wants to create miracles. And you say, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't take place that way. I pastored in Cary, Ohio and was going to district assembly. Two of our five ton units on the roof of the church were totally down. And it was sealed. It was similar like this. It was very hard to keep it cool it and stuff. And the air conditioners were, and so we hired a company to come out and fix the air conditioners. Again, 210 ton. You can imagine the cost of that. And they said, you, you know what? We will fix it. When I came back from a district assembly that we have as a church, Nazarene, they were gone both units off the roof. I tried to call the company, and no one answered. So now we don't have just two 10-ton units gone. There's two holes in the roof. So I called around, and they said, well, you have to call this person. And it was an attorney. And I said, our units are gone. And they said, you know, this company went under, and uh, you could get signed up, but you'll be about 40th on the list if anything is recovered. And I mean, I said, again, <laughs> I I never, ever, ever believed this. I can't understand what's going to happen. And boy, I just crawled into that comfort area, you know, the whining and the griping and the crying and the why me and all these factors. And the church board basically did the same thing. And then someone came up with an idea. Pastor, why don't we pray about this and ask God to help us? Duh, we're in the church Let's pray and ask God to do a miracle. Here's Peter standing at the edge and showing us, again, an area of faith. And the miracle was simply this, folks, that we can understand. And I believe that God wants to do more of those. I think God wants to turn things upside down. He's not subtle for just being comfortable in our state. It was just, we'll come in here, have our services, go home. We've had a religion, we have our little thing. And and we need to touch our world. There are people that are lost. You have brothers and sisters. You have relatives. You have moms and dads. They all need to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And I believe that those disciples griped and complained, and at least Peter stood up and said, okay, I'm going to try something. The story is simply this. I had a company call me that was close to Cary, Ohio, and they said to me, we understand that they refurbished these and put them on our building. And he says, I'm going to tell you what. I called my company, Heads Up CEO's, and we're going to put two brand new units on your building for free. Ever have a miracle that God has created in your life? I hope you've had an opportunity. I have. It's the greatest thing in the world. And again, we can sit back and just say, someone stole our air conditioner, someone did this, someone did that, or, you know, the church can't afford this or do this. I'm saying to you, God wants to shake and turn things upside down. And I hate, are we in this story? Are we on the edge of that? Are we sharing that? The idea is that, that Peter stepped out by faith and God helped him in the areas of stepping out in that water. And when he stepped out, you need to notice something. It was cold. It was windy. But you know what? He was safer on that water than he was in that boat. Do you hear me this morning? Go ahead and stay in that comfort area. You think you are safe there. Hide there. Don't get involved. Separate yourself. Just do what you have to do. Don't step out by faith. Don't do some strange things that God wants you to do, different than He's done it before. Just keep on staying in that comfort area and see what transpires because. A little bit longer, that boat would have been upside down. And I know there were fishermen, but they probably would have drowned. But Peter got off of that boat, walked onto the water, and he took a step of faith. Can I say something to you? I want the church to be what God wants it to be a soul reaching community, touching the lives of babies and senior adults and everyone in between. I don't have enough time. I, Did you give it to God? Did you see? Are you like the ones in the boat or are you like Peter ready to step out? Because this is what I want you to hear. If I don't get anywhere else today, hear this and let it repeat in your mind. The reason why Peter was successful is that before he stepped out, he asked the Lord. Isn't that a great insight? He said, Jesus, call me to come out here. Jesus Ask me to step out. I'm asking you, please let me step out. And Jesus said, come. Can I just insert something here? Satan's going to ask you to do some stupid things too. And boy, I've done them. Last night, I don't know if you had the storm or not, but Friday night before it rained and all the other things, I decided to do the lawn and I have a swing that I should have put away. And three times God told me, put it away. And I said, no, I'm tired. Uh, yesterday we had the storm, <laughs> it blew over trees, and it took my swing for a ride. Now God never watched it in your face, but he basically said, if he'd have taken the swing down and put it away, you wouldn't have to be putting it back in pieces together. What I'm saying to you is make clear that what you're about to do is what God has asked you to do. If you're going to follow some things that are not normal or go through the areas of things that you say, well, we never have done it this way. The idea is it could be the devil. Yes, but it also could be God saying, you know what, to reach some people or to do something, you're going to have to do it differently. And I need you to do this and respond to it. Remember back in the boat, the disciples are sitting there complaining, griping, and finding any area to tell him that I hope he drowns. And through the years, I've heard that. Pastor, if you step out to do that, if you do that on your own, other factors, I hope you fail. I know no one would do that, but I've heard it through the years. Where the church has actually tried to reach out and do things. And there are those criticizing. And here's Peter trying to step out by faith. (laughs) And there's 11 complaining and griping. Drown, drown. Die, die. And he steps out. Where are you at in these factors? I wonder this morning if you're in that story, what kind of basically shared that I think it's important for you to know and understand. You see, he stepped out and he didn't sink right away. It says that he took his eyes off of Jesus. So you see the ingration of this thing is that, first of all, ask Jesus is this something that you want me to do? Is this something you want me involved in? Kind of share and, and part, be part of that. I've prayed even now in some kind of areas of retirement. I'm working for Twinsburg School District, and, and I said, God, is this something? It doesn't make any sense. And I stepped into a group of people that I thought, oh, my goodness. I mean, it's like... I remember when my mom, my dad got laid off and she had to work into an antenna company. They were making antennas at that time. And, and she said she worked with about 20 women. And she came home and she told my dad, she said, I can't work here much longer because she said the language. I mean, when I, when I heard my dad used to say, my ears burned. When I walked into this school district and some of the people that I had to work with, my ears burned. I mean, I was a pastor and we, you know, we never talked like that at the board meeting. But the things they said and the language that they used, oh my goodness. And God says, I want you, and I want you to know the last four years, I've had more influence for Christ in that work position than I had for almost 20 years of the church. That sounds weird. But I've touched more people asking me more to pray, from my supervisor to my superintendent, to other factors that I've been able to talk to and share with about Jesus Christ. So bold to the fact that we were talking to discussion a couple of weeks ago to the superintendent and uh, they were making suggestions of other factors. And I said, you know what? I, I would have a hard time with your job because I would have to show grace. And they just looked at me. But for the last two weeks, I've seen her show some grace <laughs> in the school district. And she's a good superintendent. But God has allowed me to do that. But the key is that you have to allow God to speak to you. And the best thing I can refer to, and I'll talk to it later on, is that if you're going to do something for God, make sure that you keep your eyes on him, and also pray and fast. Pray and fast. And just very quickly, when I say pray and fast, you understand that prayer is not gimme, 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 gimme. It's, God, what is your will? And fasting is not just food. Sometimes it's fasting that coffee or the TV or some other things that you enjoy that you're showing God that whatever is in your life comes second compared to him. And so Satan will suggest you, again, I believe that Peter probably would have drowned. It was Satan talking to him, but it was Jesus talking to him. Something different, something out of range. It was walking on water. They've never done it before, never requested it before, but Jesus said, if you would come, you can walk. And so it happened. Are you there today? Is Jesus asking you, is God trying to direct your life into some area, someplace that he wants you to be active as a witness, not just yakking and not just criticizing people or telling them you're going to go to hell, but he says, I need you to get into this life. You need to be part of that. Has he ever told you maybe to buy someone's dinner at a restaurant or to take some food someplace? Have, have you allowed God to just speak to you? It doesn't always mean that you go before someone and, you know, just tell them, you know, you're going to hell and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes just living Christ before them. And so Peter believed, had faith, and he stepped out. But the Scripture goes on, as you know. Immediately as he stepped out, he began to walk. And the Scripture says he began to sink. I can hear again those disciples on the boat. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) This will take care of this little brave guy. He began to sink. And the scripture says that he began to sink because he took his eyes off of Christ, off of what he wanted him to do. And I've had time in my life in ministry that I've had to back off as I'm praying and God saying, you know, that's not where I want you. Or he said, you need to back off because I've taken my eyes off of what he wanted me to do and begin to do what I wanted to do. And he had, through the Spirit, recorrect me and direct me back to the path of following him and doing that what he asked me to do originally. And so Peter, before we criticize him, he's the only one out of 12 that walked on water. He's only one that walked out of water. He heard the same things. They saw the same things. They saw all the miracles. And you would think they'd all be lining. And all 12 of them, they were walking across that water. Only one. And so before we criticize him, because because say, oh, look what he did. And he began to sing. Let's realize that he understood it. He took his eyes off of Jesus. Are we there in this story? Are we doing something or started something? Did this church start a reason? Did we build a church? Do we do these things? And we said, this is what we want to do if we put this building here. Have we backed away from some of the deep things that God has asked us to do? Is there things in our personal life? that we've taken our eyes off of what he wants us to do, or we start getting comfortable again. Unbelievable what transpires. And then the scriptures proceed (laughs) on Jesus' response. He dunked him four times. He let him sink about 10 foot into the water. We ask him, do you want us to do it? Peter began to walk on water, and then... He began to fail. We need to hear this. Because someone would walk out here saying, you know what? I I am terrible. Jesus asked me to do this. God's wanting me to do this. I should have done this, and I backed away from it. No, you took your eyes off, and you begin to sink. I've sinned. I have a habit. I have other things. Things are causing me doubts, questions. Things are happening in my life. It's miserable. And God just doesn't love me anymore. I've disappointed him so much. I just shared, you know, that somehow God will never look back at me. In the Nazarene church, I think, and I've seen this through the years because of some of our strength of, of our church, uh, I've had people say, you know, when I sin, I feel like I need to wait 24 hours. I need to have a punishment time. Kind of like mom and dad, you know, go sit in the corner for 15 minutes. But in a church, we we felt, you know what, if if, if we sin or we do something wrong and we feel bad, we've done it and we shouldn't have done it and we knew we couldn't do it and shouldn't have been part of it, but we did it anyway and we're miserable. And so, but the key is that after 24 hours, then you can ask him for forgiveness because you've paid your price. Absolutely not. Hear this as you've never heard it before. If God has asked you to do something, and you begin to do something, and you begin to fail, and you begin to drown in the situation, he doesn't stand back and just say, you deserve it. Go ahead and drown. Peter, let me just step on your head one time. Let's try it one more time. Hold it now. That's kind of like the friends at the pool that start doing this bobbing and put you under. I want you to see verse 31. As soon as Peter began to sink, and he knew why, he kept his eyes on the wind, he cried out, Lord, save me. The scripture does not say 24 hours. It doesn't say two hours. It doesn't say two minutes. It doesn't say 10 seconds. What it says is immediately Jesus reached out and grabbed his hand and caught him. Folks, that's the kind of God we have. That's the kind of Savior we have. That's the one that we need to know. Okay, let's say as the church. We have failed, made miserable. So we sit around for the next few years. Oh, we've failed, and we deserve all. This. No, the idea is that God forgive us for what we've done and what we haven't done, and we ask for forgiveness. And God is not one of those that say, "Okay, oh, what you know, make your life miserable for the next two days or ten years." I believe that, like Jesus, when we personally, as a church, or personally in our lives he wants to reach down immediately and grab and pull us back up and get us back walking on water again. He wants us to accomplish his will. You see, when someone says, you know what, I want to see them saved, do you understand that God and Jesus died for us, that they want to see that person more than you do get saved and not live eternally in hell? Immediately he reached out. And so are we there this morning? I felt miserable. I'm not reading my Bible, I'm not praying, I've sinned, I keep on sinning, I have this habit I can't get over, and I keep on doing this and factors. Quit beating yourself up and allow God to begin loving you and caring for you and reaching you and lifting you up out of that deep, dark clay. Let him help you, let him forgive you. You see, this is the same God when the disciples said, you know when someone does something against us, Lord, Should we just give them a couple of chances? Could we just wipe them out and just do something to destroy them? Can we just get back at them or whatever? Jesus said, no, get this one. 70 times 70 times 70 times 70. And I know that I'm adding to the Bible and there's danger of that. But he says, basically, you will always forgive them because I always forgive you. If you don't forgive them, I won't forgive you. But we serve a God that loves us and cares for us. And he's glad that we're making an attempt to do something for him. And if we fail and maybe it's miserable, maybe we're not doing a good job, we can go to him and say, God, I need to do better. God, I'm sorry that I've messed this up. God, I'm not keeping my life in order. Lord, our church is not doing what you've asked us to do. And we ask you to forgive us. I ask you to just get us back on the rope, get us back on top of the water again and help us walk towards those things that you would have us do. That's the kind of savor that we have. That's what we need to share in and minister in. This morning, the key is this. How would you like to get out of the boat and walk on water? How would you like to do that? This morning, I looked in the scriptures, and I want you to kind of see this. The key is that if we somehow walked on this water The idea is the scripture says that the wind died down. And what I find is that even if the wind doesn't die down, if I'm doing what God wants me to do and I'm exactly where he wants me to be part of, the wind doesn't seem as strong. The pain doesn't seem as strong. I've seen good, born again, wonderful Christians laying in their deathbed. And you would think that they would be cursing and, and saying, God, how can you do me, treat me this way? How you can do that? I want you to know, I've sat there and in keys that they were dying, I'm living. And they're the ones that act like they're living. Because they're praising God, honoring him. And when I walk in, nurses will say to me, that is one great Christian oh, they're laying in bed and they can't move and they're about ready to to pass away. But they are smiling and praising and quoting scriptures and and doing nice things and kind things. I like to uh, brag on my mom and my dad because they're great Christians, great influence. I've always told people I'll never have a reason to walk away from God because they have shared with me a great experience. My mom was deathly sick. She was taken by ambulance to the hospital. And uh, I went to visit her and I walked in and her bed was empty. You know, the first thought is empty bed, mom's gone. And a curtain was pulled in the room and I heard she was one of the greatest singers. She was singing a song, I'm thinking. So I said, Mom, yeah. And I walked around and here's this fragile senior citizen. And my mom had her hairbrush, and she was brushing her hair, singing these wonderful Christian hymns. And I said, God, I want to be like you, God, but I want to be like my mom. In her most darkest sickness of life, she's sitting there combing the hair, brushing it, singing, and bringing comfort to someone that was dying. And I want you to know that If we get the right perspective and we see Jesus as we need to see him, not the waves around us and how things are bad and terrible around us. If we can keep our eyes on him, even when all this is going on, he's not guaranteed us that we would never have problems or circumstances, but he's promised that he would go with us and be with us. And I can tell you, I can go anywhere with Jesus Christ in my personal life. If he's walking with me, I can walk anywhere. And this morning, The waves are kicking around. We need to walk with Jesus Christ. But how would you like to get out of the boat and walk on water? The last verse in this scripture makes reference to it. They realized that truly he was the son of God. Do you know that this morning? Do you know him in your own personal life that he is the son of God? That makes a big difference. If you're still questioning that or doubting it, or you've kind of cast it off, you probably are not going to feel happy and you're going to be standing on the boat or in that comfortable place. But the key is that they realize that he was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The second thing to get out of the boat and start walking in water is that we need to simply ask him first. God, am I where you need me now? What do you need me to do? What is it that you need me to be part of in this world, and then as I shared earlier, praying and fasting. After we feel like we have his approval, we need to ask prayer, and fast, and ask God what direction we need to do. And then above all, and you've heard this, but I find myself drifting, keep your eyes on Jesus and nothing else. I believe this morning that there's a lot of things trying to take our attention. Peter had to waves, we have our world. You know how sad it is. I don't need to discourage you and frustrate you enough. I certainly believe that God says and promise in the word that in the latter days he will pour out revival upon all the land. I'm looking forward to that. But as long as the world is here, it's going to treat us and throw things at us that make us miserable and uncomfortable. It's going to be wave after wave after tidal wave after depression, discouragement, I mean, if you listen to the news or read the papers, you almost want to commit suicide yourself because of all the nasty stuff that goes on. But Jesus said, those are feelings of the world. Go with me, walk with me, and keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. This morning, I want to close in prayer. And I want you just to ask that question this morning. How would you like to get out of the boat and walk on the water. How can I do that, Lord? And if you are walking and doing, and you're exactly where Jesus wants you to be, then I want to praise and thank God that he has you going. But if you're in that comfortable stage where you say, you know what? I have a few more years to do this, and I'm going to do that, and on and on again. I used to tell those in my church, they say, you know, Pastor, in two more years, I get to retire. And when I retire, I'm retiring from the board, too. And I always tell them, God only has one retirement plan, and that is to be transformed into a new being into heaven. And he'll give you your moving papers, transfer papers, if you just wait for him. Would you bow your heads with me? Our Father, I know Peter was not perfect. He denied denied Jesus, cut off the ear, and just... On and on, we could say he wasn't perfect. We're not perfect. But the key is he took a step of faith that many of us need to take. He stepped out because Jesus asked him to step out. He stepped out because he requested, Lord, call me and I'll come out. And he felt miserable. It looked really good for a while. And sometimes in our lives, it looks pretty good. And then somehow we get our eyes off of Jesus and look at circumstances. Oh, what if this happens or that happens? I can tell you that God's not gonna drop $10 million down on the church's front line. But I am saying is that whatever we need, if we're walking with Jesus, he will provide it. He will deliver us. And he'll give us what we need when we need it. Father, I ask you to help us Help us this morning to see where we're at. Are we sitting around comfortable in our spiritual life? Or are we doing and reaching where Christ would have us reach? Oh, I know sometimes the church can be the hardest place and sometimes the place that we work. But I believe that God wants us to step out into the water. Every one of us should experience walking on water. And I don't mean going to a lake someplace. I'm talking about walking out where Jesus wants us to walk and trusting in Him and believing in Him. And I pray, dear Lord, that if there are some here this morning that have tried that and somehow has failed, may visualize in their brain saying, Jesus, help me, and feeling the very hand of Jesus reaching down and lifting us up. For that's what He wants to do. He finds no joy in seeing us drowning. He sees real joy for us completing His work. Help us to walk on water, dear Lord. Get out of the boat and walk on water. We ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen.